The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Andrew's preaching today, which is pretty exciting, pretty special. And so the way we're going to do it is kind of take you into our lounge room to show you what kind of a conversation we have at home. No, this, this, is, be... this is not how we do it, no, I don't no. think. No, this is, this is a lot more civilized. We don't have flowers like this at no. home. It's a lot more civilized than, it will, than, it will, than it's usually at home. <laughs> so, so, Dash, what, what passage are we going to be looking at today? So, I'd love you to turn to your Bibles this morning, or your phones, um, to 1 Peter. We're going to read 1 Peter. And I'm just so excited because last week we had a guest speaker come and preach. And he had no idea what was happening this week. And uh, I had already decided um, on what passage I was going to talk about and the topic. And it was interest- what's interesting is that we're going to follow on mm. from where he left off pretty much. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God or the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. It's a great passage, uh, so much wonderful truths there, richness. And as a church, we've been thinking about this whole idea of kingdom. Uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so this morning, we're going to be engaging with the theme or the topic of kingdom citizenship um, and kind of unpacking what that might look like. So, Dash, tell us a little bit about what your understanding of kingdom citizenship is. Um, so, firstly, we should define the word citizenship just so that we understand and have a a starting point. And um, the definition that I found was that it's the relationship between an individual and a state to which the individual owes allegiance and in turn is entitled to its protection. Um, It implies the status of freedom with accompanying responsibilities. That's a key phrase, a status of freedom with accompanying Uh, responsibilities. Citizens have certain rights and duties and responsibilities that are not available um, or only partially available to people who are not citizens. And um, uh, if we look around here, um, it's it's pretty, pretty um, easy to assume that we're not all 
um, Australians by origin. Um, and so, but we are Australians because we've moved here, we've got citizenship, we've been naturalized or we're, we're, live here. Um, and the reasons that we might have moved here might have been different. It might have been to escape war and persecution and death, or we might just have worked out that Australia is just a great place to live yep. and uh, it'll be better than, than the countries that we've come from and that we were born in. And so we've made a decision to be here. Even the English come here. So. I know. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some become a citizen. <laughs> Others hold on to their old life. And their old allegiance, but yes. we'll talk about that yes. in a minute. But the bottom line is, despite why we're here, if we don't become citizens of Australia, we don't have rights to the full benefits mm. that citizenship offers. And, and that's something um, that we need to do. And in, and in return for our citizenship and the great benefits that it offers, offers we, we swear allegiance um, we pledge to honour the laws of the land and, and it's really great um, because that's what Angel did this mm. morning yeah. as a result of her choosing to make a public confession and wa follow, the water, uh, follow in obedience to Jesus' commands um, and be baptised in water. Um, it is her stating that I am no longer an earthly citizen. I am now a kingdom mm. citizen. Um, and so kingdom citizenship is similar and different. Mm. Similar because really God has invited us yes. to be a part of his kingdom, just like Australia invited us to come here or when we not, applied. Or but not. Yes, but God invites um, us. But God invites us. Um, and he's invited us through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus. Mm. And uh, the Bible uses words like being born again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, to use immigration language, when we're born again, we become naturalized mm. citizens of heaven. Yeah, um, and God has made Jesus the king of his kingdom mm. and the ruler of his state. And so if we are willing for Jesus to be Lord over us, and we are happy to obey his laws and follow his commands, then we have the benefits of kingdom citizenship. And as we read in um, 1 Peter, it says that we are a chosen people, yeah. a royal priesthood, a, ho a holy nation, mm. God's special pose possession. Um, and and that's, that's amazing. We've been given mercy. We've been invited to be a part of his kingdom. But the big difference between Australian citizenship and kingdom citizenship is that Australian citizenship or any citizenship in this planet is only valid for our lifetime. Yeah. But kingdom citizenship is eternal. Mm. It, it goes beyond the here and now. We have the benefits of kingdom citizenship even here and now. That's right. But it goes beyond here and now. Mm. It is forever. Mm. And that's huge. Um... So if we can actually understand the worth of um, eternal citizenship, um, I think we would be characterized by gratitude mm. and be able to embrace our responsibilities as kingdom citizens probably a little bit better than mm. we might do already. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when we're thinking about citizenship, 
uh, even in a natural sense, uh, people assimilating, the people who find that easier are people who are really grateful for, for being rescued or uh, given a safe haven or, or things like that. There's, there's a real sense of gratitude uh, and they, they are more inclined to, to embrace the, the lifestyles and the, and the way of culture in a new kingdom because of that sense of debt and that sense of gratitude. How does that play out in, in kingdom culture and kingdom citizenship? Um, well, well, going back to our example, every person that's uh, become an Australian citizen has had to take a pledge. And this is what it says. From this time forward, under God, I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people, whose democratic beliefs I share, whose rights and liberties I respect, and whose laws I will uphold and mm. obey. This means, in, in real terms, that we're committing to learn the language of Australia, which is English, in case you didn't know, <laughs> adopt the Australian way of life, the Australian political pro process, pay our taxes, vote, follow the laws of Australia, which means we're civilised when we drive on the roads <laughs> of Australia. Um, and we're even willing to fight for our country. Um, and this pledge actually is done in a public ceremony where you're renouncing really your loyalty to your country of birth and you're embracing... Um, the the new laws and the new people and the new way of life. And so how does that work when we could talk about sport, for instance, cricket? Or, yes. You know. Well, I wasn't going to use that as an example. <laughs> but really, if you're truly an Australian <laughs> citizen... <laughs> we'll leave the rest unsaid. That was one of my questions for our reflection time, <laughs> I think. But anyway. <laughs> yes, it applies in every sport. <laughs> Um, anyway, the same way our expectations, Peter talks in verse 16 of our passage today um, about how we are to live in this way and embrace these responsibilities. He says, for it is God's will, mm. oh, no, sorry, verse 16, live as free people, mm. but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So really, we're free but what are we free from? And I think like we talked about a little bit before, if we've got to go back a few verses in verse 9 and 10, uh, we're free from being in darkness, which yes. is another way of saying that we're we've been freed from sin. Mm. Um, we're free from... Uh, we, weren't, we didn't have an identity, but God has now called us and made us His people, which means we have a new identity. We're free from the threat of impending punishment and, and eternal separation from God. And that's another way of saying that we've been granted immunity and protection and that we're able to be close to God. And um, or again, all of this is through Jesus Christ. He's given us a chance to trade in our earthly citizenship and have eternal citizenship. So really what all of that is saying is that we've really been brought out of one kingdom into a different kingdom, God's kingdom. Yes. Yeah. So as a result, uh, because we've been invited to do that, we really don't have the freedom to do what we want and yep. live however we want. Just like when we move to Australia, we have to follow the laws of this land. Mm. You know, we, our loyalty lies to this land. It's a status of freedom with accompanying responsibilities. And that's what we take an oath mm. to do. 
And so one thing I'd like to explain is that the word slavery in the Bible doesn't actually... Sometimes we understand the word slavery mm. a little bit different in these days. Yeah, but we think like African-Americans and American slavery and those kinds of horrible yeah. ideas. Yeah, but there's two sides to this coin. And, um, in, in, and if you go further down in that same chapter from verse 18 downwards, Peter talks a little bit about slaves and masters. Mm. And there were two kinds of masters. There were the cruel, evil masters that beat their slaves and, and really didn't treat them well. And then there was the kind and benevolent masters that treated their slaves well. And um, what the point of that was that if you had a kind and benevolent master, your job would be to broadcast mm. their goodness in the marketplace when you're out and about and you're doing your job. You talk about how great your master is and how kind he is. And, and that's how you repay his kindness. And you keep giving him a good name. So it was that the idea that masters took slaves in for the slaves' benefit, to protect them and provide for them and care for them. There was no oppression or, or control or domineering as we sometimes think about masters. Masters and slaves. Yeah, they were the kind masters, yep. but I guess the cruel masters um, weren't like that. Um, and so, you know, I, I love The Lion King, the movie, Ooh. except for the part where Mufasa dies. What? <gasps> Spoiler alert. Oh, I think everybody's Mufasa seen dies. it. But anyway, um, Sorry, it's, kids. it's a little bit that, like that, you know. In Mufasa's rule, everything is bright and mm, glorious yes. and wonderful. And all the animals, you know, they're there and they're celebrating. But with Scar's rule come death and mm. darkness and barrenness. And, it, and it's just very different. And then when Simba takes Simba. over the kingdom again, everything is back to its original reality. And the thing that gets me and the great picture I, I want us to think of is that in, uh, for Mufasa and Simba, all the animals come mm. back and there's this great scene where they just all bow down mm. and it's a willing submission yeah, that's good. of uh, we, we honor you, we love you and, and this is what because of who you are. Mm. So as, as Christian people, as those who've pledged allegiance to King Jesus, how do we do that in our lives? What does that look like for us? I'm so glad you asked me that. That's an amazing you? question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so let's go back to our text. Um, if we look in verse 9, uh, it says that we are to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness. Uh, the praises of our rescuer. Because we're grateful yes. and we're thankful of the benevolence that we've been shown. And then uh, in verse 11, Peter says, abstain from sinful desires. That means... You know, if we really love being in our new place, mm. we don't want to go back yeah. where we've come from. Yeah. And I know I've talked to some of you guys here, and you don't want you want you're happy to go back for holidays, yes. but you don't want to go back and live there because mm. it's not a good place. Um, live good lives in verses 12 and 15. Live good lives and do good deeds that will glorify God. So we want to make our king proud. Mm. We want to be um, people that can broadcast uh, how good he is. And then in verse 13 and 17, uh, Peter talks about um, respecting, showing respect to everyone. Now that word everyone is everyone. Yes. It's like all. It's, it's inclusive. It's everyone. Um, and so um, we want to show respect to everyone because God loves everyone. Mm. Our King loves everyone and he, sh he respects everyone. And so um, that's what we do. And we are ambassadors of our King. Mm. You know, when you travel overseas, if you travel on an Australian passport, 
and you have an Australian accent, the way you behave helps people decide what kind of place Australia is. Mm. And so in the same way, we we carry God's citizenship with us. Um, And in verse 17 again, loving fellow kingdom citizens, Mm. (laughs) loving your fellow Australians. This is probably one of the hardest things. But it shows that we love our king when we love his subjects. Because not only are we subjects of the king, but everybody else in the kingdom uh, are subjects of the king. And uh, finally, we can um, show gratitude uh, for our king by revering him. Mm. In verse 17, I love how it says, Fear God, honor the emperor. Mm. There's a difference Mm. um, in in how we are to... To treat our king. Um, and the reason why we reverence our king and our ruler is because um, his invitation to make us citizens of kingdom has come at a great cost to him. Mm, yeah. And that is, again, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, this all sounds fantastic. I think everyone here is going to go, yeah, kingdom citizenship. We want to be kingdom citizens. All for that. Well, what makes this so difficult for us? What made it difficult for the, the people that Peter was writing to? And, and what makes it difficult for us as kingdom citizens to live this out, uh, to honor our King Jesus? Hmm. Well, there's two things that, that, two main things that I guess we'll look at today. And uh, one is that we're in between kingdoms at hmm. the moment. Um, we're not clearly living in heaven, hmm. um, but we're still here on earth. And also there's implications that flow out of being a kingdom citizen that then has a question mark on our allegiance to which kingdom we belong to. So let's look at the fact that we're caught between two kingdoms at the moment. Um, So verse 11 in chapter 2, Peter says, As foreigners and exiles, Mm. it's very clear that we don't belong here. And And Jesus said that. They said that we are... In the world, but we're not of the world. Mm. And so um, we are very much foreigners and exiles passing through. And, um, and, you know, it's easy. It's easy to be kingdom citizens when the laws of the land, because mm. we are to respect the laws of the land and the emperor, when the laws of the land align with the laws of the kingdom. Yeah, that's true. So don't kill anybody. Yeah. Don't steal. Be truthful. Um, you know, work hard. They're all things that are the laws of the land, but they're also the laws of the kingdom Mm. um, and the rules of the king. But where it gets tricky is when uh, the laws of the land don't align Mm. with the rules of the kingdom. And when what the Bible says and and what God's word says about how we are to live as kingdom citizen actually overrides Mm. the culture and the and the laws of the land. So, for example, there are places where it is forbidden to do what we're doing here today. Yeah. There, there can be no public gathering mm. um, because there would, that would involve death. That's, yeah. that's a law of the land. And yet people gather in secret mm. and they do it. Um, there is laws where you are forbidden to follow Jesus. And, and there's consequences when you do, but people still do that because mm. they revere they fear God um, above the laws of the land. And the Bible has many, many examples of this. For example, if we go back as far as Moses, right? The people that were supposed to kill Moses hid him instead. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. We talked about that this morning with the kids. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then we talked we we think about the three Hebrew friends who didn't bow down yeah, to the statue right. of the king and and that was certainly they were put in the fire for that. Um and then Daniel, he didn't stop praying mm. because it was the law of the land to stop praying for That's 30 days good. or whatever it is. And Queen Esther You know, she didn't follow the rules to go see the king mm. because she knew she wanted to step in the gap for her people. That's very good. Um and then when we come to the New Testament, there's there's Peter and John who were commanded by by the religious le- re- leaders actually mm. not to preach about Jesus, but they're like, "Sorry, we we got to mm. go do this anyway." And then there's Paul, mm. um who who was thrown out of towns and beaten again by religious leaders, but uh, but he was they were obeying god and then if we look in hebrews chapter 11 there's a whole bunch of people that just knew who they were knew where their citizenship lied and they lived their earthly life like heavenly citizens did so that is i guess how we are to live that it makes it difficult but that's um that's the truth of how we are to live as kingdom citizens i mean in in one sense that it's a bit easy for us in australia or in the west uh, because we don't experience some of these things but th- there's a greater threat a greater challenge that we will all face regardless of what country or political system we live in do you want to speak a bit about that the internal struggles yes so the internal struggles that we the the second thing um as in living as foreigners and exiles on the earth is that we have external struggles and internal struggles so we've talked about the external struggles but the internal struggles if we look in um one peter and a few chapters along um chapter 4 um in if we look in verse 3 he says you've spent enough time in the past mm. doing what pagans choose to do um living in debauchery lust drunkenness orgies carousing uh, wild party wild yeah. wild kind of living reckless living at our place um detestable idolatry um and it's interesting you know one of the things we we might not face persecution but we all face the threat of idolatry yeah. through our work through our material possessions yeah, true. through our love for our families uh, through our love for our spouses through our love for things mm. and so they're real external um challenges that we face but the internal challenges that Peter talk uh, talks about again or the internal behavior so that the in this lot the external things are the negative things but the internal that the way we are to live as kingdom citizens from verse 7 he says the end of all things is near be alert and sober mind so that you might pray mm. above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins offer hospitality to one another without grumbling mm. each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms so it's not about us <laughs> but using our gifts to serve uh, being good stewards of God's grace if anyone speaks they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God if anyone serves they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things again God may be praised yes. through yes. Jesus Christ and that there'll be glory for him forever and so uh, these are like some of the implication um sorry some of the the challenges that we face as li- living as heavenly citizens mm. on earth at so, the moment. So yeah, the values are very very different. Yeah. 
and and we, and that's a tension we all wrestle with as we try and figure out how we can be authentic kingdom citizens in a culture that values very very different things. Yes. And the choice is quite clear. It's black and it's white. It's uh, it's God's kingdom and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of the flesh versus the spirit. And uh, yeah, it's a very real struggle. Um, when we when we choose to honor Jesus and we choose to live this way and we choose to go all in, like Jesus said, to take up our cross and to follow Him, what, what are the what are the things that we ought to expect? I guess as we live in this twin kingdom reality that we're talking about, we gotta expect haters, trolls, bullies. Oh dear. We gotta expect to be misunderstood, uh, judged, mistreated. That's what Peter says, right? Mm. Peter says that in uh, verse 12. He says, you know, even when you're doing the right thing or, mm. the, or the bigger thing, people will abuse you. <laughs> he says that in verse 12. And then he says in, um, again in chapter 4 and verse 4, he says, they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living. Mm. And so they'll heap abuse on you. Mm. Like it doesn't make sense. But it but that's exactly what happens. And so we need to expect that our, our behavior as kingdom citizens will not be popular. Mm. Um, and it will make us stand out. And you know what? Uh, the king of our kingdom, Jesus, he said this to his disciples, um, that the world will hate you because they hated me. Mm. And so if we um, want to be loyal subjects to our king, then we need to expect to be treated the way our king was treated while he was on this earth. Um, and can yeah. we just go back to Lion King yes, on you this? Yes, go back to Lion King. You know, if we think about, you know, Zazu, Zazu's the bird, you know, he was always, Scar was always taunting him and then he was trying to eat him and kill him. <laughs> and then um, Sarabi, who was the the lioness, you know, the Mufasa's wife, you know, like she was always taunted to do the wrong thing. And so, and she was hated really by Scar because they stayed true to Mufasa's ways and Mufasa's laws. Okay. Yeah. Uh, look, th that sounds bad. Sounds really bad. That will be rejected and abused, misunderstood, and even in our context compared to many other parts in the world, it's quite mild, but still, no one likes dealing with rejection. Uh, that's really difficult for us to kind of get our head around. I think often we take the easier path. We, we compromise yeah. because we don't want to feel that sense of re rejection or shame. Yeah. How does Peter help us live with that? How does Peter help us overcome that struggle? Well, if we go to verse 12 and 15... Peter encourages his readers um, and, and he says that the implications um, of our heavenly citizenship and the behavior of us as kingdom citizens will glorify God on the day he visits. So that's very clear for us. It might not be now, yeah. but on the day that he comes back, on the day he visits, he will be glorified. Mm. And in the moment that we can silence um, the foolish talk um, of people in verse 15 he says for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people mm. because one day one day all will be made right and there will be justice mm. there will be 
a, a setting right of the people that were faithful to maintaining and living as heavenly citizens. So the king will come and make everything right and bring justice and righteousness and peace and order. And that's our security, that's our confidence, that's our hope that we can live with. Yes. And in the meantime, Peter also says, as we go, keep going down the rest of chapter 2 from verse 21, he says, but you should know you're called to live this as, mm. as heavenly citizens living on earth, your temporary place as foreigners and, and exiles. If we look at verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving mm. you an example that you should follow in his steps. Mm. And so suffering for doing good is a hallmark, actually, mm, of a kingdom, kingdom citizen. citizen. Yeah, it's very good. If you're not suffering in this earth, mm. or if people are not abusing you, if they're not... For doing good, we need to make sure. Yes, Not because yes. you're driving like a maniac. No, no. No. That's, I'm hoping that you've listened to what we've <laughs> said so far. But if you're not suffering for the sake of Jesus mm. and for the name of Jesus, then... Are you really a kingdom citizen is the question I want to ask. But we're not going to ask that question because no. it might be too confronting. Yes, but okay. I'm just thinking it. Yes. And then um, verse 23, this is what it says. When they hurled insults at him, mm. that's Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Amen. That is God. And um, that's the confidence we have, that we can entrust ourselves to our ruler, to mm. our king, Amen. to the king of our kingdom, who will judge justly. Yes. Yes. And then finally, um, and, and according to 1 Peter 4, again, and in verse 5, he says, but they, that is the people that have just heaped abuse on you, will have to give account mm. to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached. Mm. Um, and, and he goes on to say, whether you're dead or, or you're alive, uh, whether you've been uh, living as an earthly citizen or as a kingdom citizen, God will judge mm. and he will have the last say. And finally, in verse 24 of chapter 2, um, Peter gives this great last words. He says, he, as in Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Amen. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Mm. Um, and if we remember Psalm 23, the Lord, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will not be in want. Mm. He will take care of you through all the windy roads mm. and every path that you tread is known to him. So our king has gone before us. Our king has done all of this for us. And our king now, dead, resurrected, ascended, is with us as we face our challenges and struggles. Yes. That, that's a great encouragement for us as and, we struggle with and that. And the way we know that is because before he left, he said, I will send the Holy Spirit, mm. to be your comforter, to walk alongside you, to teach you, to remind you of the things that I've taught you and I've lived with you. And the Holy Spirit lives in us and walks with us mm. every day. We are not alone. What a wonderful hope. I invite the band to come forward. Um, 
So I do want to have just a couple of minutes as the band come and, and perhaps we might sing a song, perhaps we might not. Um, maybe, maybe just a little part of a song, but I just want you to quietly just close your eyes at the moment and just uh, think about a couple of things. As I alluded to earlier, if, if you have been born again, and if you have come into the kingdom through the death and the resurrection of Jesus and you live um, at, under Jesus' rule, does he have your allegiance? Uh, I mean, are we dying to sin and living for righteousness, really? Are we doing that as kingdom citizens? And the second question I want to ask is that if you don't know Jesus, the king of the kingdom that is yet to come, the, the forever kingdom, would you like to know him? Would you like to pledge allegiance to him? He would love you to be a part of his kingdom. And he invites you to be a part of his kingdom. Father God, we, we thank you that we've been able to have a conversation about what it is to be a kingdom citizen. We thank you that you have invited us to be a part of your kingdom at such a great cost to you through Jesus, his death, his resurrection, the life that he lived on earth, and that you long for us to be a part of your kingdom and what you have to offer us are benefits that are not just for this life, but for life forever. It's protection and immunity with you. It's forgiveness. It's freedom. It's the chance to have an abundant life your way. And so, Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters that are here this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, will you speak to us? Will you lead us? Remind us of the words of Jesus. Remind us of this conversation. And empower us to live a life that will bring you glory. And make you proud. Help us to be ambassadors of your kingdom and to live such good lives that people will give you the glory 
and you the honor because you will deserve it. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we do pray for our beautiful young people who've worked hard to prepare lunch for us. Pray that you will bless the food to us and bless our time of fellowship. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.